Welcome listeners, it's Anna. In the first episode of our Harry Styles series, we discuss Harry, the One Direction member who has made the successful transition from a boy band member into a solo artist and pop icon. We also get into our own experience seeing Harry during his Love on Tour Madison Square Garden residency back in September 2022. In the next episode, we'll dive deep into Harry's three solo albums, Harry Styles, Fine Line, and Harry's House. So stay tuned for that. Harold Edward Styles Esquire. A strong start, if you ask me. The strongest. So we are joined by a friend of the podcast and also Lizzie's sister, who she's talked about on the pod, Hallie. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Really excited to be here. So the reason why we brought Hallie on is because she actually joined both Lizzie and I at the Harry show where we saw Harry Love on Tour live. What was it? Night eight of his Madison Square Garden residency in New York City. It's New, New York, York, baby, always <laughs> jacked up. Benny. <laughs> he was made for residencies. I just, oh, what an angel nugget. He I love w- him. He was made for residencies, but not a Vegas residency. Yeah. No. Yeah. Although if he does go to Vegas, I will 100% see that show. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be BYOB, bring your own boa, part two. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Harry live, and I, I know I've seen him as part of One Direction, but that's seeing Harry as part of One Direction. Seeing Harry as Harry Styles live just confirmed to me that I will pay any amount of money and go to any location. He could be like, I need $5,000 and I'm in the desert. And I'd be like, checks out. That's called Coachella. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I would literally follow that man to the end of the earth. Yeah. And I, I feel like both you and I, Lizzie, we share the fact that we really got into Harry Styles after that Coachella set. Yes. That was a total game changer. And actually that was around the time that we were kind of formulating the podcast and we saw that and it just kind of confirmed everything that we were talking about in terms of boy bands, in terms of solo acts that come from boy bands, how they're incredible, how some of them get really great recognition and support and then some of them don't. And I think Harry Styles is a really great example of a solo act that comes from a boy band that has this what seems to be a really great support system and he's able to achieve the greatest success possible headlining Coachella at this point in his career is such an amazing feat that I don't think people fully realize to be able to tour or not not tour have a 15 date residency in Madison Square Garden and then I think he's doing oh gosh 10 shows in LA maybe it's less than that actually I think it's it is 10 shows in LA but <laughs> You guys, this tour is not ending. So the Love on Tour tour started in the fall of 2021. It is not going to end until the fall of 2023. So that is two years of Love on Tour. The residency piece of it makes a lot more sense because I don't know how any other person, act, group would be able to do that two years straight. 
Well, he got his practice in during the One Direction years. He was true. on tour for five years straight. That's, that's <laughs> true. Um, I, I would like to think that his experience is a little bit different now. I mean, he's not having, God, I hope that poor boy man is not having to record on tour buses and being woken up at two o'clock in the morning like Zane was. So hopefully it's a little bit more of a slower pace for him. But I also think that COVID has really kind of messed up the schedule because I think he was supposed to start the tour in 2020. Yes, I was actually supposed to see him. Oh, really? Yeah, I was supposed to see him July 2020 in Boston. Well, what was funny is I had heard a few of his songs and a friend of mine was like, oh, we got to go get tickets to Harry Styles. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds awesome. I wasn't at the time. I wasn't like a big Harry fan. I just really liked adore you and watermelon sugar i'm also the type of person if you invite me to a concert i am 100 percent going <laughs> i don't <laughs> care who it is i am going to go because i love a good concert experience it's just who i am and i remember being so bummed because i was like oh i guess we can't go see harry now and what a redemption story huh <laughs> i know he really just kind of dropped Harry's house and was like, let's just keep going. Yeah. And like the joke is he did live on tour. He did love on tour. What comes next? Live, laugh, love. He doesn't want to laugh on tour. There's a lot of laughing on tour though. He, he makes does. a lot of us laugh. Yeah. I think the crazy thing to put into perspective of if this was supposed to start in 2020, that's two years of his life that he was going to be spending on tour. And if this is going from now 2021 to you said 2023. Yes. That's just two years of his life where he's doesn't have roots. He doesn't have his structure. He doesn't have that. I just think is a huge, like putting into a human element that just must be so hard on him. I hope mm. he has a strong support system. I hope that he's getting support from management and from his friends and his family during this time, because to be on tour for two years of your life to shoot multiple movies. I think that's why he has to do these residencies. There's no other way. I do think that the residency thing traveling really takes a toll on one's energy even if you're on like a two hour flight to Chicago, it takes a toll on you physically, mentally, emotionally. And he does say that he doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He like, he doesn't do anything. He's basically a monk while he's on tour. Well, I think it's just crazy to think about and talking about his energy levels. I remember we saw him on Friday night, Saturday night, he had his other residency. We woke up Sunday morning and he was in Venice for the Venice Film oh, yeah. Festival. That's and right. we were thinking, how did he just perform a concert three nights in a row? He's likely exhausted. I'm exhausted for him. And then he hops on a plane, hops over to Venice real quick and comes out looking like an icon in that outfit. And then he comes back and continues his residency. Just as a reminder, we are not a gossip podcast. If you are looking for a gossip podcast, this is not it. It is funny that I need to have that disclaimer though, because this is the second episode that we're doing about a solo artist from a boy band. And for some reason, the soloists, the solo artists are the ones that cause a little bit more drama than the boy bands themselves. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is a little bit interesting how that disclaimer needs to be put in, in certain <laughs> episodes that we do. I think it comes down to, there's just less people to focus on. So that when there's one person, you can hyper-focus on what they're wearing, what they're eating, what, what color their hair is, what their relationship status is versus when you're in a boy band, it's a little easier quote unquote easier to fly under the radar. Yeah, that that's a really good point. And I think that being a part of a group, you're able to kind of let a lot of things in the media or social media slide. You have that built in support system with the band because they're all going through the same thing that you are. 
having the comparison of a boy band and I think just the overall way that they were treated during the One Direction years and then to go to Harry Styles' single years, I just wonder if it just feels really isolating and lonely for him of he feels like it's just him and it's him against the world versus when you're in a boy band, it's you and your bandmates against the world and you're all going through all this. Nobody understands what it's like to be Harry Styles, but four other people understand what it's like to be in One Direction. Exactly. Harry definitely has his people. He has his bandmates. He has Mm -hmm. the people that he collaborates with. So he definitely has a support system in that sense. But he's the one that's carrying the weight of his name being the name on the billboards and and all that. His band still has a a relative level of anonymity. Hardcore stands are going to notice when they walk down the street because they're like, oh, my God, you're Sarah, you're Mitch. Right. But the average person probably won't. Whereas the average person would probably recognize Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hallie, why don't you kind of talk about your own relationship to One Direction, your favorite members, your relationship with that, and how that's kind of transferred over to being a Harry fan. Definitely. So uh, my journey with One Direction has really truly been something. Uh, So my sister Lizzie studied abroad in London her junior, junior year of college. Fall semester junior year, 2011, baby. Oh, so she's getting us a senior citizen discount at dinner later. (laughs) Dang. Anna's older than I am. I am. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So she, when she was studying abroad, you know, I'm a, I'm a freshman in high school when all of this is happening. And I mean, I loved Jonas Brothers. I loved Justin Bieber. I fell victim to every single heartthrob that Hollywood was throwing our way. Uh, So when she's studying abroad and she's telling me all about this British and Irish boy band that's just taking over the market over there, really incredible. She sends me What Makes You Beautiful in September. And by Christmas time, I am getting my own personal first edition album with Niall Horan's face all over it because man I'm a sucker for a blondie and I'm a sucker for an Irish accent and so clearly Niall is my favorite. Niall is everyone's favorite member of One Direction. (laughs) Including Niall's. Niall is Niall's favorite member of One Direction. (laughs) Did I spend a lot of money to go to New York City and see Harry Styles? Yes. Is he my favorite member of One Direction? No. (laughs) No. No, but okay. I would say Harry was always a very close second. I loved those curls. I loved the boy next door kind of vibe to him. He was, he was great and he was goofy and he was fun. Are we allowed to talk about our favorite hairstyles? Because mine is personally from, oh, is it four where he has the long hair and the hat looks like a a (laughs) Christian girl fall. (laughs) So you are a long hair Harry fan. I am a long hair Harry fan. He was the closest in age to me. So in the back of my mind, I said, oh, great. This is the best age gap when he notices me in a crowd at a concert. And I'm just reading a book because you're, you got to go to a concert and read a book. That way they don't realize that you're not paying attention to them. Uh, I, can you tell I read the One Direction fanfic? Um, <laughs> I love that all of us have had these thoughts at one point. Like, oh, I'm going to go for the." <laughs> the younger celebrity or the older one so that he'll notice me and it'll work out i mean that was that was me with lance bass and insane i know that's what's so funny to me is generations past boy bands come and go but the determination of every boy band fan to get with the one that's the most age appropriate never leaves so my love of Harry Styles, i loved him from the start he was always great i loved his vocals his range was really incredible I was always really big into music. I loved to sing growing up. So I was always paying attention to 
how's his range? How, how high can he hit his pitch? How is he harmonizing? How is he carrying the melody? How's that all going? Uh, and I really loved just the transition from, I remember watching him perform what makes you beautiful and that moment on stage and he missed the note because he was so nervous and his voice was shaking and fast forward 11 years later, seeing him perform What Makes You Beautiful at Madison Square Garden for his sold out residency, I cried. It was so insane. I, I had a friend from high school who was at the concert and I messaged her and I said, do you also feel like we're seniors in high school begging the principal to let us turn on One Direction as they're doing Good Morning America? And now we blinked and he's selling out residencies on his own. So it's truly been a, it's been a very big full circle for me and my Harry Styles relationship. I feel like a proud mom. Yeah. I like you go baby. Well, and yeah. I think it, it's a sense of, I knew him first and I, I, I don't believe in that. I think you can start loving someone day one, day 3000. Like if you want to start being a Harry Stan a stylist, we've decided that they're called stylists. Um, yeah, we're starting the movement here now. Harry stands. We're called the stylists. I like that. But what does Harry Lambert call himself? That's Harry Styles's stylist. He's the head stylist. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know Harry Lambert is a Harry stand. Okay. <laughs> no matter whether you're on day one oh, or day yeah. 3000, we're not here to gatekeep Harry Styles, but there is something special about having watched him grow from the beginning. But you can really join the train at any point. Yeah. We are very welcome. And I think for me personally, like my relationship with One Direction, as I mentioned, I started listening to them when I'm a freshman in high school. I don't know anyone else's relationship and how they were in high school, but these boys, these five boys carried me through high school. They carried me through college. They really were my first loves. I loved them. I knew everything about them. I had posters of them all over my walls. This was my obsession in high school. Some people get obsessed with football. Other people get obsessed with their academics. Unfortunately, I was obsessed with a boy band that knew nothing about me. Uh, and I spent the next 11 years trying to make them know who I am. <laughs> Excellent choice. We endorse that 100%. But no, so yeah, I felt like a proud mom watching him in at Madison Square Garden. I cried when he posted the picture of him in his various stages of him with his arms spread out, just staring into MSG. And it just, it broke me because yeah, the first time he performed there, he was with his band and now he's there as Harry Styles, period, full stop. There is no on Elks. It is Harry Styles. So in terms of the dynamic of One Direction, kind of back to that. So Harry was the youngest. He was kind of marketed as the heartthrob. And especially coming from an outsider's perspective, that's what I knew Harry as back in the day. He was the the heartthrob. I truly think that, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but there is the Liam episode where he did talk about how Simon created the band around him. I do believe that maybe that was Simon's intention was for Liam to be the lead. Well, he was at the time the strongest singer. Mm -hmm. And then I think Harry Styles walked into the room and blew everyone away with his charisma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's anyone who had more charisma on the One Direction tours than Harry. And so this isn't an insult. In the corporate world, everyone always kind of talks about the personality hire. I think Harry Styles was the personality hire, and I think he became the CEO inadvertently. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I could kind of see that too. 
you two has talked about this. I forget which one of them was saying. He was like, oh yeah, it was going to be my band. And then Bono walked in the room and I was like, oh no, this is Bono's band. (laughs) There are some people that are just undeniable superstars, undeniable front people. And I think Harry Styles is one of them. I also think because he's the youngest and has like that younger sibling energy he gets away with the most Mm. you know when your mom is like oh it's the baby don't let leave him be i think he was the definition of give him an inch he'll take a mile and everyone will look the other way yeah he didn't do anything bad just he was definitely the kid that like coated everyone in peanut butter i think he really came to his own vocally during the four album i think that that's where for me from my perspective and from what i can see that's where we hit p carry in one direction it's the hair it was maybe it was the hair <laughs> the longer the hair grew the bigger the talent got yeah. yes it's where he started honing in his songwriting skills with stockholm syndrome and where do broken hearts go i think he hit peak vocals during his segment and drag me down on the bridge that mm-hmm. to me i was like he's a star he's going to be a star and then obviously that happened but i think all of their vocals really elevated i think harry's i noticed the most just because I think his was the most drastic. Like, I think yeah. we've talked about this. We did Le- talk about this. Liam's and I think Zane's, they were already great mm-hmm. and they got even better. Mm-hmm. Harry's went from good to great. Yeah. I still think of Harry Styles as that cute little boy with the curly hair that sit on the stairs and he used to make all those jokes in like the early One Direction days when they used to do the interviews from the, the stairs. video diaries. The video diaries. I think about that every once in a while and I think about the inside jokes and I always want to tell people, no, Jimmy Doth protested. And I know that nobody's going to get it except the early directioners. And I still think of him as that little heartthrob. One thing that I loved was before he comes on stage, they're just playing like general tunes to hype up the crowd. And he's got One Direction songs in the playlist that man does not forget where he came from and he's not ashamed we're gonna talk more about that but he's like one direction for life let's go it's almost like he was part of a song that says don't forget where you belong (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about harry as a solo artist so he comes out of one direction not only did one direction redefine what it means to be a boy band but i think that they completely redefined what it means to be a solo artist after the boy band they have all had success with their solo acts but it's no question that harry is the most successful out of all five of them what is it about harry's music is it because he kind of leaned into more of like the rock sound that one direction was kind of being associated with is it his charisma like what is it i'm gonna say something controversial I think it was the charisma. I think people followed him because he was Harry from One Direction and they wanted to see what he did. And then I think people are like, oh, I I like this. But I think his work has gotten stronger. I mean, if we're ranking albums, my least favorite is Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. My second is Fine Line. My favorite is Harry's House. Yeah, But I guess I'll counteract that of I didn't choose to continue to listen to Harry Styles because I will be completely frank. I listened to the first two albums. I thought they were great. Some of them have some bops. Some of them have some lesser bops. But when I got back into him, it wasn't because it was Harry from One Direction. It wasn't that it was Harry Styles. It was, oh, this shit is good. Can I swear? Yes, you can. (laughs) Okay. This shit is good. (laughs) Like it was, oh, this is incredible. I love his beats. He just has a certain style. I love that like electric feel. 
I love the like 70s inspired music that he's doing. The lyrics are great. Just thinking about Harry's house. I love Daylight's lyrics. Dip you in honey so I can keep sticking to you. Are you kidding me? That's so stinking cute. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, yeah, cocaine side boob, choker with a sea view. Who can do that? What range? Mm. <laughs> and Anna, I mean, I remember texting you literally all day the day Harry's house came out and being oh, yeah. like, oh my God, this is so good. Grape we were, juice, fantastic. We were, we Daylight, were both. oh my God, daydreaming. We were, we were both. Freak. And actually I, I, oh yeah, I had COVID when that came yes. out. So I was just sick at you home. You were like, give me medicine. I know. And I was like, where is the medicine, Harry? <laughs> so back to how Harry kind of redefined what it was like to break from a boy band. He did some things that were similar. His lyrics were more sexual. He started getting involved in the creative process, such as writing. He embraced different styles of music. One thing that he kind of broke the mold on was he didn't deny or brush off his experience as a former boy band member. He's talked about it in multiple interviews that being in One Direction was a really positive experience for him. He loved it and he enjoyed the overall experience of it. To completely deny that experience, you're kind of brushing off the experience of so many fans yeah and you're just like oh did i mean nothing to you (laughs) did what we have mean nothing to you yeah you know he kind of brings one direction with him which i think is so smart for both a business perspective and also it's just a nice thing to do to acknowledge Mm -hmm. a big thing that you were a part of for five years he doesn't forget where he belongs he knows where he started yeah i want to forget his roots yeah i want to read this quote really fast it's from variety in 2020 he said when you look at the history of people coming out of boy bands and starting solo careers they feel this need to apologize for being in the band don't worry everyone that wasn't me now i get to do what i really want to do but we loved being in the band i think there's a want to pit people against each other and i think it's never been about that for us it's about a next step in evolution the fact that we've all achieved different things outside of the band says a lot about how hard we worked in it He does not see One Direction as a pit stop. He sees it as what it is, an essential step. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much because it kind of goes back to a lot of the themes back to our podcast where people are invalidating music that is liked by young people, young women, young LGBTQ folk. It kind of adds to that social stigma that this kind of music isn't legitimate. And it, and it hurts even more when the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. When the people who you are supporting kind of have that misogynistic feeling of, oh, that was so lame. Or like, oh, I hate that I'm appealing to a young girl audience. Whereas Harry has done a really great job of being like, yeah, I was in a boy band. What about it? It made he- me who I am. Yeah. My audience is young women. They're going to run the damn world. What about it? (laughs) Exactly that. He's embraced who his fans are. He's embraced where he started. And I think he's just embraced the fact that if it wasn't for One Direction, he would probably still be baking bread in his little bakery. And I think that would have been enough for him. I I truly think it would have been enough for him too. I think he would have been content being that handsome little baker boy that delivers the loaves (laughs) in more ways than one. (laughs) Um... No, I think he would have been content being a baker. And I think that this is just a once in a lifetime opportunity that he's also very content being known as Harry Styles. That was my favorite part of the concert is when he introduced himself as if we all didn't know who he was and what we were doing there. Hi, I'm Harry. Yeah, Harold, we know. No shit, man. 
<laughs> I didn't just pay an absorbent amount of money to come see some guy off the street. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Rob. What? No, no, we know who you are. <laughs> Going back, I mean, he has another quote where he's like, young girls like the Beatles. You're going to tell me they're not serious. How can you say young girls don't get it? They're our future. Our future doctors, lawyers, mothers, presidents, they kind of keep the world going. Teenage girl fans, they don't lie. If they like you, they're there. They don't act too cool. They like you and they tell you. That's sick. And again, I think the best part about his fans are we take care of each other. But you also, the amount of friends that I've made as my adult life of like, they've been casual friends. And then I mention, oh, something about One Direction or Harry Styles or something. And they light up. And all of a sudden we are gabbing like we have known each other for years. We're talking about who was your favorite band member. We're talking about, have you seen them in concert? We're talking about, oh, was your room also covered in memorabilia? You make an instant friend. And then next thing you know you're working on you know the more important stuff but you start on the same level of oh my god we both love the same boy band let's be best friends yeah i'm literally thinking anna right now about like that's how we started like we've talked about this but like literally from across the room you like boy bands (laughs) and now what six seven months later here we are here we are talking about our huge love for boy bands on this podcast yeah i think there's so many people who fit the quote unquote demographic for being in love with a boy band. And yeah. you say, I faced that of, I got, I got made fun of for liking boy bands and my yeah. friends in high school were definitely like, Oh, you're talking about one direction again. You're going to see them. Like I was not, I had a couple of friends that we were very passionate about one direction, but for the most part, that's nothing against my friends or anything, but it, it wasn't always the cool thing to like boy bands no. back in the day. No, definitely not. It's the internalized misogyny. Absolutely. Especially since a lot of the people that would make fun of you for liking some of these bands also listen to boy bands. They were just labeled slightly differently. Exactly. Exactly. We've talked and- a lot about the like 0405 punk pop boy band yeah. scene and they're like those aren't boy bands yes they were oh they absolutely were the f- the fact that gerard way was in teen magazines um i'm sorry <laughs> my chemical romance was a boy band absolutely <laughs> but we've talked about that enough if you don't know what we're talking about go listen to some of our other episodes and let us know what you think because this is something that we've talked in depth about already absolutely since the both of you had seen one direction multiple times How did seeing Harry compare to that experience? His coordination has not improved a single ounce. (laughs) (laughs) His coordination has not improved, but I think the way that he treats the crowd is the exact same. He knows how to work a crowd. I can't tell you how many concerts I've been to lately where it just feels so robotic. It feels like they just, they go out, they perform their songs and then it's done. There was no like pizzazz. There was nothing that made you feel special. And I think that's the thing about Harry Styles. And I'm going to say all the One Direction boys because of course. Um, They make you feel special. I think they really make it feel like I'm here with you tonight. There's nobody else here. Like it's just you and I, we're doing this. I say this with all of the love in my heart. Harry Styles is a tornado of chaos and I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) He has violent youngest child syndrome. He was the youngest child of One Direction. He has huge little brother's energy. Hallie said, just running around, engaging with people. Have you watched the videos of him fighting the fight with his microphone? He doesn't know where he left it. That's why they had to give him a wired one. It's basically like a leash. But but even that, he loses. Which I'm like, how? 
<laughs> or he'll drop it. And you know, he had a handheld mic during One Direction, but he'd drop it. He'd fall on the ground. He'd slip. Like he'd, he'd try and throw it up and think he's gonna catch it and be like, "Oh, Mr. Suave, Mr. Cool," and then it goes bouncing off and he has to chase after it like a beer pong uh, ball as you're trying to play. Yeah. I I kind of want to see him do as. Lizzie said in the One Direction episode, the Britney mic that Niall had. I kind of want to see him with that. He's got to. <laughs> He's going to lose it otherwise. But will the mic fit over his hair? <laughs> I think that's part of his charm and his charisma is how chaotic and he is somehow both effortlessly smooth and you can see all the effort that he puts in and the efforts he puts in and fails like trying to flip his microphone and then but he doesn't seem to get embarrassed i'm sure he experiences embarrassment but when he's on stage he just kind of lets it roll right off his back and he leans into the awkwardness which when you're like a teen girl or even a young girl or as a 31 year old woman you're like i appreciate when you don't let dropping your mic in front of 20,000 people fluster you. You're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I think it's his confidence. And that's the other thing that's been just so incredible to watch over the last couple of years is just the confidence this man has. I don't think the old Harry would have worn a full on Gucci suit, had his nails painted, be so polished and be put together. I know his interviews are lacking at times, but I don't, I couldn't imagine seeing 16 year old Harry do that. So I think the confidence that he's grown into in any aspect of his life, he has just really grown into who he's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think it's also the authenticity that comes with that confidence too. I agree the confidence. I also wonder how much of it was he would have liked to do those things at 17, 18. But when you have a boy band image to maintain, Again, was, was he, he silent, silent or, or was silenced? he silenced? <laughs> and again, that's speculation. We can yeah. pull it out. But yeah. I think a lot of it is just kind of growing into his own as an adult. One striking thing about Harry's fashion, and this came pretty evident when I was watching the BBC documentary behind the album, the wide-legged pants, mm. I think is a fashion statement, but it's also a way for him to delineate himself on his, from his One Direction days because he was wearing skinny jeans, the tightest skinny jeans possible. I was going to say, I started to wear skinny jeans thanks to Joe Jonas and Harry Styles only. <laughs> I saw Harry Styles wearing skinny jeans, so I wore skinny jeans. <laughs> But, but I mean, he started wearing wide-legged pants way before most other people did. So I think that it was kind of a way for him to kind of separate himself in a way from One Direction and not in a bad way because like we talked about, he really embraced that time in his life. But I also think that this was him saying this is a different a different era different era yeah and again i wonder how much of it is he finally got to have a say in maybe he didn't hate wearing those skinny jeans in the one direction days but he finally has a choice on what to wear mm -hmm. i think that must have been so liberating for him to finally have a choice in his life i love that every time he pops up out of stage it's like what's he gonna wear that is almost as fun as anything else other artists and like there's no shade to other artists i think a lot of the times they have an outfit for their tour they wear it every night like i'm thinking specifically of taylor swift she had eight outfit changes but she wore the same thing in the same order right. most part right i loved the suspense of what's he gonna wear was i disappointed yes but just still the suspense of what's he gonna wear he is not a lizzie mcguire outfit repeater <laughs> no he's not i was expecting him to change outfits too i didn't realize that he kept the same outfit for the entire show because he's never gonna wear it again he's like i need to get my good use out of it yeah. it's being added to the archives but do you wonder what if is he does he just get sweaty 
Like, do you think it's hot on stage when the nights oh, that he's yeah. wearing like the full on like long pants? I don't think he's worn a long shirt. Yeah, but still, it's interesting because I don't think he's repeated an outfit. I've kind of followed him throughout most no. of this tour. I think I, he's like repeated like a shirt or like a pair of pants, but not the same combo, Does it, which is incredible because I'm usually like, did I wear this on Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, well. All right. I guess we need to criticize Harry for his sustainability. Or do we know, <laughs> putting this out there, do the fans know what happens to his outfits after he wears it once? Maybe he auctions it off to charity. That'd be great. Maybe. Harry Squared, could you answer that question for us? We're super curious. Yeah. Maybe the actual outfit isn't recycled, but it almost looks like the outfit that he wore, the set that he wore, it almost looks like the black and the red parts. You can take them off. I'm mm. almost wondering that there's pieces of it that get repurposed into something else. Mm. I loved his Coachella sequined onesie. Oh, that was the best. Instantly iconic. Instantly. I, I also just love the color. You, If you walk into my apartment, there is no neutrals. There is no black and white. Everything is colorful and bright and love fun. I love that Harry Styles does that with his outfits. I'm looking at this poster of him in all his different outfits. There are two, three nights where he's wearing black, but like him wearing black is still a pop of color. Like he still makes it feel bubbly and fun and like mm -hmm. just energetic if he's wearing black it's either sequin or a big fur or feather outfit uh speaking of feathers can we talk about the boas oh my god so many so boas. many boas allegedly it's caused a boa shortage <laughs> i can believe that yours on a lit up yeah it which was light up. so cool it was cool but it also because i was jumping around so much it broke <laughs> the boa the, no not the boa the lights on the boa they oh, oh, oh. they just kind of frizzled out but what was annoying is i thought it broke and then i come home and i switched it on and it worked perfectly oh, it's so, not always the way so i think it was just the constant repetitive movement just it, it just got confused and it shut off and stopped working next time you have a light up outfit somebody wore a stick figure <laughs> costume so it was all black and then it was the glow sticks in the shape of their body to make it look like a stick figure that was the most iconic outfit that i've seen I love that he puts effort into what he's wearing every night. And I love that his fans do too. It feels like a fashion show walking around with feathers and glitter and just a few blocks away, we felt overdressed. And by the time we got there, I'm like, I feel underdressed. <laughs> One thing that kind of impressed me is people were able to replicate Harry's outfits really well. Mm-hmm. They call it the TikTokification because so many people were like sharing their outfits on TikTok that it became a thing. You're almost like dressing up for each other more than you are for him. It's also a fun excuse to just get dressed up, which we haven't really been able to do much in the past couple of years. When I was thinking about what I was going to wear to the concert, there was no box. There was no, oh, I'll just wear jeans and a black top because I feel like in Boston, if you go to a concert, you wear a black top and jeans and that's your uniform when going to a concert. So for this to have just no rules, have it be as over the top and as ridiculous as humanly possible was so fun. Yeah. I've never had a concert, an opportunity like this, aside from like a Halloween or some sort of themed party where it's just like go think outside the box and then do something more outrageous than what you're thinking yeah ladies how many times were we stopped on our way to the garden going where are you girls going you are so beautiful all dressed up and we're like it's hairy at least six or seven times yeah it happened a lot and it's just like how do you live in new york city and not realize that harry styles is in town yeah. come also, on also you can walk down the streets of new york city in a boa it's new york city it shouldn't <laughs> seem that odd but here we are exactly 
love on tour. Overall vibe of the concert. I have to say, I've never been to a concert with that kind of environment. It was so welcoming. It was so just kind of come as you are. It was just an incredible vibe that you just can't replicate. It was just an amazing experience and it was amazing to kind of see everyone, especially during Treat People with Kindness, the the dancing and all that was, it was incredibly moving. It's a very safe space, which I appreciate. And I think he very much encourages that. I mean, he's like running around with the pride flag. I mean, I think he does that most shows, but he's like, woo, let's go. But I also think he makes it a very safe place where you can come as you are, like you said. And I mean, I think he said that at the start of the concert. He's like, this is a space for you to be who you are in your full authenticity. And we showed up. The girls, the gays, the theys, everyone showed up in their full. When you go to church, it's called your Sunday best. Um, When I go to Harry Styles, which is my version of church, I wore my Harry best. (laughs) But I think the best thing about the concert is just everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so nice. I remember whether you were in a group of 10 or if you were just by yourself, everyone was watching out for each other. If you wanted your picture taken, oh yeah, here, let me let me make sure I'm getting all the angles. Let's see, do you like the photos? Oh, can you take a picture of us? Oh, do you mind holding my place in line? I'm gonna run to the bathroom. Oh, can I borrow your stain stick? And I felt this way about One Direction too. I feel like we just, directioners took care of directioners. Stylists take care of stylists. Yeah, and like Swifties take care of Swifties. Like I know this is, that's Taylor Swift. I feel like it's the culture that they create. And I think maybe part of that is having a very large female audience. I mean, how many times have you gone to the bathroom and like, does anyone have a tampon? And like four women are like, oh, here you go. It's very much a culture of you take care of your sisters. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was very present. Yeah, for sure. I also just love how excited they get for Harry's opener. The crowd was like almost at full capacity for Blood Orange, which I feel like you don't really get at a lot of shows. And they went crazy over Harry's band too, including Sarah Jones and Mitch Rowland all just got the biggest applause. And there's definitely like a huge contingency of Harry fandom that is super into Sarah Jones. I did not realize she and Mitch were married. I didn't realize that either. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What? I know. I love that. Yeah. I love it most for their little kid who gets probably, I would assume, gets to go on tour and see Harry Styles and mom and dad every night. And I just love that, like, you don't see a lot of female drummers. Yeah. Um, And I love that Harry Styles was like, women can drum. Yeah. Let's do this. And like really shoved it on stage and was like, see, spotlight, let's go. And she was on believable awesome well and i think like that was part of my favorite thing about the show is after the show and you know you're paying attention to everything and you're just like analyzing it all he had such representation he had a female drummer so many people of color and i know it's 2022 and we shouldn't be praising the white man for having representation but you know what good for him i'm happy to see some representation and happy to see somebody of his caliber be able to use his spotlight and kind of share it with people who don't always get to be mm-hmm. in the spotlight and are often overlooked and to have him be like no here spotlight here we go yeah, that's a much better way of putting it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's not the first male solo artist to do this. Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. did it. He had a lot of female musicians in his band. Also, people of color, Prince, same thing. I think his entire band was women. I love that. Yeah. Um, he's definitely not the first to do it. I think he's just maybe one of the only prominent ones doing it right now. Yeah. One kind of little piece of criticism that I do have to say is you see it with his band, 
you don't really uh, see that representation so much in his songwriting and producing collaborators. Mm. A lot of them are white men. And that's one thing that I noticed in the Harry Styles behind the album documentary. Like it's all white dudes that are living Mm. in the house with him working on his debut album. That is just one thing that I noticed. And he continues to work with the same people. I'm glad that he found his people that he is comfortable with. However, I hope that he doesn't get too comfortable and kind of goes outside his comfort zone as he progresses in his career and he reaches out to female songwriters, people of color songwriters, a little bit more. I would love to see him and Lizzo release like a studio duet together because I loved their collabs at Coachella. It was awesome. I just thought their voices were great together. Oh my God. Imagine if they co-headlined a tour. I would be unwell. Oh man, that would be awesome. Stylist Nation, Lizzo Nation, are you listening? I have a million billion dollar idea. I won't even take the credit as long as you let me travel and go to every single show. (laughs) The man isn't even American and he's like, Americans go vote. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that was one of my favorite parts about waiting for the show to start. You know, everyone's the excitement, the buzz in the stadium. Everyone's just so ready to see him. And instead of having the screen say something about you're at Harry's house or something about the residency or something about Harry Styles or them trying to sell you something, it was make sure you're registered to vote. Here's a link. Here's a QR code. Let's get you registered. Let's do this. Harry Styles partnered with the nonprofit Every Town for Gun Safety, donating over $1 million in proceeds to the organization along with Live Nation and gun violence. And it was like you could text like a certain code to learn more, donate. But yeah, I appreciate that instead of being like, visit the merch stand, it was check if you're registered to vote. There were messages to like try to better society rather than capitalism and i just found that to be a breath of fresh air because i've been to my fair share of concerts and it's always about the venue or it's about the show or it's about some way to make money and i think something that a lot of celebrities and people in higher pop culture kind of tend to do is they stick their head in the sand and pretend like there's not other things going on and that they just we all live in this pop culture world and it's just again such a and i'm not trying to applaud him for doing the bare minimum But I just think it was a breath of fresh air to have it be do something to better society because if society isn't better, there will not be the laugh on tour. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a tough thing to balance because as a entertainer, as a performer, you do want to give people a couple hours to just Mm -hmm. not think about the real world and to just kind of celebrate just being human and just being alive and have this kind of common shared experience. But we all have to go back to the real world after those two hours are up. Yeah. And a hundred percent that did not take away from my experience in the concert. Not once was I thinking about, am I registered to vote? Am I thinking about the million dollars? I'm not thinking about that during the concert. This is not, it did not take anything away. It enhanced the experience by making me really think beforehand. Should we talk a little bit about the set list? Yes. So he started off with daydreaming, which I thought—that's really what it felt like. It felt like you were just in this utopia. Yeah, 
And then he moved on to Golden. It was a really good transition, in my opinion. Would never have guessed Daydreaming would have been the first. I thought he was going to open with music for a sushi restaurant, which I know that's what opens the album, but it's such like a razzle-dazzle, pop him out, let's do this. I think he has performed that first before. Like he switches it up every concert, listeners. But I think Daydreaming kind of has that element with the horns. It has that same feeling. We need to back up. Before Daydreaming... He went in a little box and we oh. saw him little, <laughs> Yeah, we saw him get pushed in his box to stage so that he could, cause he had a 360 stage. Yeah. And so he got in his little box and they pushed him down the aisle and everyone knows he's in the box and everyone's screaming cause Harry Styles is going by in a box. <laughs> but then that allows him to like pop up in the middle From of the stage, middle of which the stage. what an entrance. Yeah. yeah. And then he got, then he started with daydreaming. Um, I'm sorry. All I can think about is Harry's in a box. Harry's in the box. (laughs) So then he went to Adore You. One of the things that I love that he does when he performs Adore You Live is he sings the low harmony during the chorus of Adore You. So he's like, just let me adore you. And then the third verse or towards the end of the song, he's like, just let me adore you. Yeah, he like, yeah, I know what you mean. And it creates like an emphasis to the song and it kind of like builds, builds to that, which I, I really like that feeling that he creates in that song. And like, I'm not there to hear the exact studio recording. If I want to listen to a studio recording, I'm going to put on Harry's house in my house. I want to hear his take on it. Just to relate to that of, it just goes to show how incredible of a musician he is of like, not only can he dance, not only can he sing, but he knows the emphasis of like, yes, in the first two choruses, it's just let me adore you. Just let me adore you. But towards the end, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Just let me adore you. Just let me love you. It is the words of a man who is so passionate about his love. He so believes in it. And he's just so, he's screaming it from the rooftop. And I, I, I feel this way with so much, so much of his music of, I think he just knows how to tell a story within three minutes and 30 seconds. Mm. I also think he's probably doing it to conserve his voice. Yeah, sure. Well, whatever, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Conserving his voice, telling a story. I think it's all true. <laughs> the next song is Daylight. Um, Which is such a sweet song. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. And then keep driving. I loved the visuals during that portion of keep driving. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Okay, so after keep driving was Matilda. Yes. I think that's, Hallie, you used that time to go to the bathroom because you're like, I'm not crying right now. I, yeah, spoiler alert, Matilda and Little Freak both make me really, really sad. Mm-hmm. So while Harry's House is a no skip album, if I'm in my feels, unfortunately, we have to preserve our mental health in this house. Matilda has definitely become a fan favorite for sure. I think I skipped Matilda because it makes me think too much about myself and I just, I can't, I need Harry Styles for fluff. I can't be psychoanalyzing myself. As your family, what do you mean Matilda reminds you of yourself? (laughs) (laughs) And on next week's episode, we'll talk about my childhood trauma. (laughs) Mom, maybe skip this episode. (laughs) Um, No, he had quite the vulnerable moment going from Matilda to Little Freak. Yeah. Matilda is not the most vulnerable song. The vulnerability, the point of view is not from him. It's a story about Mm -hmm. someone. Little Freak. Oh God, I would die for Little Freak. I could be wrong about this, but I think Little Freak is about him, right? Himself. He's talking about himself. Lizzie took me on on that deep dive and made me told me about the uh, the conspiracy theory about how Little Freak is about himself. And then we Did listened to it. Did you dress up for Halloween? And I can see yes, it. I did. can see it. 
And I think this goes back again to his early One Direction days of he was always just the little odd one. Yeah. Little Freak was my bathroom break. And I remember being in the bathroom and I could hear his vocals perfectly Mm -hmm. and just being like, damn, you kind of get lost in everything else that's going on in the concert. You get lost in the style sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, you kind of forget how incredible of a vocalist he actually is. Again, he can sing. He, he can, can dance. Really sing. He can can can. <laughs> can he? Okay, so Satellite was next. And Spinning out waiting for you. Yeah. Satellite should have been on four. Satellite made me think of One Direction the most. It made me wish that the other boys were going to come rushing out and join them because yeah. it just felt like it belonged on a One Direction See, album. See, Little yeah. Freak, I think, belongs on a One Direction album. We'll talk yeah. more about this, but that's so funny that Satellite for You is the One Direction song. I do have to say there's parallels to Clouds. The chord progression Ooh, yeah. is like almost the exact same than it is to Satellite. Can we mm. a Satellite Clouds mashup, DJs of the internet, please? Ooh. Okay, and the next is cinema. Yeah. Cinema's a good one. So then we went into sushi. Music for a sushi restaurant, treat yes. people with kindness, what makes you beautiful, which was a trifecta my little brain was unprepared for. What a trifecta that the was. The holy trinity. But I think we need to first talk about how it all started. With the YMCA. <laughs> what an iconic way to transition into a song. Lizzie spoiled it for me and told me that that's something that they do. And when I experienced <laughs> it in person, I passed away. <laughs> it just blends. So he opens with the iconic YMCA song and then like it just seamlessly melds into music for a sushi restaurant. Yeah. It glides like butter on hot bread. It just makes sense. It's, it's so funny. And then he goes straight into treat people with kindness, mm. which is just such a fun, fun song. Yeah. And we got to like, we were, you know, in the second tier so we could see into the pit and we saw our pit friends doing their snake dance to treat people with kindness and it's just such a fun 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 song wait that just reminded me do you guys remember seeing the person in the banana costume yes (laughs) yes okay so he went from treat people with kindness to what makes you beautiful which uh religious experience hearing harry styles saying what makes you beautiful in the year 2022 i love that he sings in like that lower register baby you light up my world like nobody else like and he really like sings that and then he's like boom light up my world like nobody else baby so good if you have not listened to his live renditions of what makes you beautiful I give you full permission to press pause on this podcast, go listen to it, and then come back and continue to listen to us rave about this. Because, and especially when I listen to it and I think about, you know, when he missed the note in his very early career with One Direction, I like, I will cry. I think we cried. Absolutely. <laughs> Knowing that like he's singing this, it's such an example of he knows where he came from. He is like, let's do this. A couple things I loved about what makes you beautiful is one, the horns. It just adds an additional layer to that song. And also the members of his band singing the harmonies mm-hmm. with that, especially having female voices sing that. Because remember when we talked about on the One Direction episode, the keyboard that was harmonizing with them yeah. and how that really adds an extra layer to what makes you beautiful. They were singing those notes that the keyboard. Yeah. So it had that same exact feeling. And then you had the horns to that. I was just blown away by how awesome that sounded. 
I felt ancient when that one came on though, because I, I mean, we're at a Harry Styles concert. There's no judgment. You're going to sing, you're going to dance. You're going to do it both poorly and amazingly. And when What Makes You Beautiful came on, that's when I lost my shit. That is the song that I just truly was just like, oh my God, 11 years later, I have blinked. And I'm also processing all the life changes in my lifetime that have happened in the last 11 years, where I used to be, where I am now. And then to look at him and think where you were and where you are now, it was very just life-altering life-altering is an excellent way to describe yeah. it and just incredible to again think about his vocals where where he used to be i guess crying when he missed the notes and know. knowing how hard it is to do that that to then having a horn section and screaming what makes you beautiful in madison square garden was just yeah, yeah. life-altering it was crying so cool. again <laughs> Okay, so he went from What Makes You Beautiful, which was a religious experience, to Late Night Talking, which was also excellent. Um, Love the horns on that. It's just such a fun song. It's meant to be played live. Truly. And then he did Watermelon Sugar. Hey, watermelon is, Sugar. All these songs are just meant to be played live. Harry Styles was meant for that arena life, I'm telling you. It was. We don't have to include this, but I want you both to know... Um, for Watermelon Sugar, The Main does an incredible uh, cover of it. Oh, really? And I, I love the first version of Watermelon Sugar. Incredible song. But it is just, the, the Main's cover of it is just so indie and like. Love it. it I, it's really good. Love it. I cannot wait. And then Love of My Life. Oh, my God. And like, okay. A very pic- emotional song. Just such an emotional song. And this is how he ends and like you know obviously we all know he's coming back for an encore you always know that they're gonna come back he finishes the song and he just goes thank you madison square garden and walks away Ah! (laughs) i'm harold come back but also (gasps) come back be here let's go (laughs) as it just fades out that piano just yeah yeah it was such a rock star exit of like thank you he fades off into the dark and then he goes and hides underneath the stage for a minute before he comes back on (laughs) he goes to his little hobbit hole he cheeks a little (laughs) throws on some deodorant maybe gets a swig of water (laughs) what was interesting to me though is he comes back for the encore and then he does sign of the times i thought that was interesting too yeah usually when they come back for an encore they do an upbeat song Mm mm-hmm I think it's another nod to his roots, though. Of, yeah. Was it the first single off it of was, Harry Styles? It was. And okay. we'll, we'll get to this. It's a very weird and interesting choice for a debut single on a debut mm-hmm. album. But I think my favorite part about Sign of the Times is it's, again, it tells that story of it just, it starts off slow, slow, and so somber. And then by the end of it, you're just screaming at the mm. t- top of your lungs. Don't stop your crying. It's a sign of the times. Like, yeah. it's okay. Don't, like, you need to move on. And it's the sign of the times. Yeah. It's a builder for sure. Yeah. It, again, another song that's just perfectly done live. Mm-hmm. It was made to be sung in a big arena like that i think something that i've learned by listening to harry styles is he always knows how to hit that climax (laughs) but he knows how to hit the climax when it comes to his music he no he absolutely does (laughs) then my ultimate moment happened he did medicine and i freaked the fuck out (laughs) i feel like i was the only one there who's like 
I've heard of this legendary song, but I haven't heard the legendary song. I think that was my first time ever hearing it. I had listened to it once or twice before on the YouTube. I was going to say, how are we listening to this song? It's unreleased. Yeah. YouTube. And then if you're sneaky, if you search on Spotify, some absolute angels have taken some of his unreleased music. And if you upload it as a podcast, who's going to stop you? Oh. So if you... If you <laughs> I feel like I just taught my mom how to use her phone for the first time. If you search uh, medicine, Harry Styles, something's going to show up yep. and it's going to be the song, but you can't li- like, you can't add it to your songs. Like it's not a song. It's a podcast. But you can listen to but it. You can listen to it and you can do it for any of his unreleased songs uh, before earlier. Has anyone done this for Taylor Swift's I'd lie? Oh God. <laughs> but I think the thing is uh, Taylor Swift keeps her music locked behind a safe somewhere. I don't know. Like other than I'd lie, I don't really know of any unreleased Taylor Swift songs and I'm a, like, yeah, it, we have an unhealthy relationship with Taylor Swift. So maybe I'm also just not going deep enough in the dark webs, but she I know that shit in the vault. She literally. Ke- she keeps it in the vault versus Harry Styles. Yeah. I knew about medicine boyfriends. He performed at Coachella. Like it's a known thing that Harry has a, um, a decent amount of unreleased music. Boyfriends is on Harry's house, though. Yeah, I know, but that was before oh, Harry's oh, house true, came true, out. True, true, true. Well, he performed a lot of the songs from Harry's house at Coachella. And true, but people knew about boyfriends. When he sang boyfriends, that was like, oh my god, we're hearing boyfriends. It wasn't, oh my god, this is a new novel song we've never heard of before. This is, oh, we're finally getting it. Got it. And people react that way with medicine. I mean, the amount of people who were singing along to the songs and acting like this was their favorite Harry Styles song mm-hmm. when it's an unreleased single it, it was just crazy and i, I think, think that's because they become like urban legend folklore right. like exactly the deep cuts that nobody else knows about yeah and i think something that's funny is it, he does medicine like he teases it like it's a little carrot oh he's not gonna do it at every single mm-hmm. show but it's just like all right i've known someone that's gone to it three times and they've seen medicine three times so is it really that rare or well i do have to say i was looking at the previous set list he does not do it every time mm. Mm. well how does it feel not to be special enough to get medicine played out your harry style <laughs> short can't relate <laughs> so after shocking the heck out of us with medicine he went into as it was which we'll talk about more later but that was a grower of a song for me when i first heard it i was like man now i'm like as it was yeah <laughs> All right, so he finished out with Kiwi. He finished out with Kiwi. Which honestly, I feel like is a great finishing song, but you could also start with that song. Mm, that's true. It was a great finisher. Yeah. Because it's New York, baby, always <laughs> jacked up. Yeah, that's, that's true. That was a good line, and people freaked out at that line. It mm-hmm. made me want to keep the night going, and it made me want to go dancing, and it made me feel electric. I'm glad that he ended with electricity versus ending with something that's going to like put out the fire. Yeah. He, everyone leaving that show was so just bubbling with energy that's true he did ask us if we were going out that night and we were like yeah are you (laughs) we're like do you want to meet us at the diner down the street (laughs) i have to admit something my toxic trait is i will almost always leave a concert before the second to last song great there's two more songs after this what a time for me to leave and i can go get out before the crowd gets there but they always leave their best songs for last even if they leave their best songs for last my toxic trait is I don't like crowds and I think leaving a concert is always so chaotic that I will do anything in my power to avoid that even if it means being in the bathroom while he's performing one of his last songs for this there was no way we could leave before the concert was done I also love to look up the set list before shows I don't like surprises I want to know what's happening what song is next and I couldn't pull myself to do that for this I had it it needed to be 100% a surprise it needed to be followed through 100% 
Lizzie here, full on Virgo. In fact, the day we went was my birthday. I had the set list on my phone, so I knew it was coming at every moment. Wait, but he changes it up though. How could you possibly know? No, like for the most close. part, really? Like, yeah, it was pretty close. I think like, I think he changes up medicine, but I think for the most part, it's like, okay, like this is the order of sequence and like maybe a couple of changes. Yeah. So you, and they usually do it like if you look at what he did the night before, mm -hmm. it's usually fairly close. Okay. But I think that's also something I appreciate as an artist. Again, I, I remember when we went to the One Direction concert two nights in a row <laughs> yeah. and we were just like, everything is the same. The jokes were the same. The outfits, maybe not the same, but very similar. This was during their stripes and red pants era. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so similar. And I mean, it was an incredible show. We were so excited to be going not just once, but twice. So we kind of forgot about that. But I think that just goes to show again, they're not they don't always make it special. It's always, oh my God, you were the best show on the tour. It's like, you're just saying that because I'm here tonight, aren't you? And yeah. I love that Harry Styles changes it up every night and changes it and makes it feel unique. It makes him feel like, baby, tonight it's you, me, and Madison Square Garden. Nothing else matters. I mean, how many shows have had their viral moment? Like we had yeah. the one where he recognized the repeat fan. Right. And oh, what was his name? The guy Mitch. who- Joel? Joel, Joel, Joel. He's like, Joel, you yeah. look like a nice guy. Oh, yeah. And I think my favorite part about the, so the Joel moment where he points out the very tall man in the crowd. No short Kings in this house. <laughs> no, 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 no short Kings. But my favorite part is watching a video of him from years ago during one direction. And he does the exact <laughs> same thing down to the little motion where he's just like, and a whoop. Oh, yep. There you are. Everyone else. It's just, you, you just like a little peak in the plateau. And I just love whether he's 28 selling out madison square garden or 18 dicking around europe with his bandmates he's the exact same yeah every show gets its own thing because he makes it a point to interact with the people who are closest to him yeah. aka the ones he can reach yeah there were a couple other viral moments that happened during the show there was the woman who lost her job in yes retail oh my god to go to the show which honestly i would also quit my job to go oh no i shouldn't say and, that and, <laughs> and we didn't we didn't witness this we did not see this happening because we were too far up but there was a fan that threw their phone at harry and he's like let's not let's not do that love yeah. let's not oh my god who i would didn't throw your see phone? that yeah yeah i'll show you the video but you're gonna hurt that man could, also you're never getting your could, phone back could you also imagine harry Styles scolding you i'd be embarrassed for life never recover <laughs> you're telling me i couldn't have a cap on my water bottle but someone can throw their whole ass phone i had to chug an entire bottle of water because i wanted a sip it's got I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, which everyone knows is so much worse. <laughs> yeah, Ladies, do we think that our obsession with Harry Styles comes down to the fact that it's a man who does the bare minimum? He <laughs> it's has possible. It is possible. But he does the bare minimum so well. I know. I want to see his top shelf. I am hitting every single expectation. I am going above and beyond the call of duty. I want to see his 110%. I actually have this theory that we haven't gotten to peak Harry yet. That's terrifying. We'll get to this in the album and song analysis. But one thing that I did notice is in terms of his songwriting, he, like I talked about in Matilda, it's not from his point of view. We haven't gotten the Harry POV. I am super vulnerable, except Fallen. Fallen is the only song. And maybe Little Freak. <laughs> maybe Little Freak. But... <laughs> We haven't gotten like pure Joni Mitchell, I am super vulnerable 
songwriter Harry Styles. And as good as he is belting the arena bops, I think Harry is his best when he is vulnerable. Yeah. I think that some of his really good lyrics come. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but in Falling, when he's like, what if I'm someone I don't want to be around? Knife to the freaking heart. Who doesn't feel like that? Who doesn't yeah, like, feel who like that? Who hasn't I don't... had that thought of like, what if yeah. I'm someone I don't want to be around? Do I like myself? Am I a good person? Yeah. That's what he's essentially saying. You're somebody I just want to be around. What if I'm not somebody I want to be around? How do I change that? I feel like we're on a roller coaster on the way up. I agree with you. I, I think the best Harry is yet to come because we've seen that in his progression as an artist so far. I think that's what I meant when I said I wanted to see him at his 110%. I want to see him at his peak. I want to see him when he's just like completely at his peak top. We may be there, but I feel like there's so much more potential. I I don't think we're we're there because I remember Stevie Nicks saying about Fine Line, this is your rumors album. This is the album. Yeah. But then he released Harry's House and that's the album. Yeah. And I feel like the next one is going to be the album until he eventually, until we're just like living in that forever hype or until they start to not necessarily taper off. Everyone has peaks and valleys, but so far he did not have a sophomore slump. Yeah. He crushed junior year, if that's what we're calling the third one. I don't know. I just see him continuing to crush it. I don't, I feel like I can't imagine a world where there's a flop of an album put out by Harry Styles. Yeah. Like, I feel like he just wouldn't put it out. I feel like if he's not achieving more than what he was achieving before, then he's not going to go for it. He's not going to publish it. He's not going to release the music. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he holds himself to a high standard. And I think if he's not happy with it, he's not releasing it. And I think he'd be happy to talk about that. So Niall has talked about that too. Like he shot a whole video for, I think it was slow hands. And he's like, yeah, I didn't like how it turned out. So I didn't release it. I wonder if that mindset goes back to their One Direction days because they pumped out a lot of songs in five years. Yeah. There has to be music that they pumped out that nowadays they look back on and they're just like, like, oh God. Or like even in the moment that they're like, I don't know that this is our best. And they're like, we need 18 songs on this album. So this is what it is. So I wonder if that's shaped how they are as artists because I feel like Harry is in that same vein of if it's not great, why bother? Yeah. I wonder if it stems from creative freedom and like sometimes feeling like you had to push out quantity over quality. And that's not me saying that One Direction songs aren't quality because you guys know I love One Direction songs. There's bound to be ones that you're like, yeah, you could have left this off. Didn't need to didn't need to release that. And I appreciate that they value themselves both as a human, but also as a musician of if they're not going to put out work that they don't believe in themselves, they are not going to do it just for the money or for the fans or for the tour or for the glory or for the anything. They're going to put out music because they want their name associated with it and because they feel proud of the music. I say they because I'm putting all of One Direction in that bucket. So I will say I have two criticisms. Okay. One the the set was about 90 minutes Mm. he brought his whole energy he put his whole bussy into that right yeah (laughs) he was there with us for nine like 90 full minutes Mm -hmm. i would have loved for it to be a little longer i agree i could have gotten a two hour i would have loved that I mean, I think especially with ticket prices. Yeah. Do I felt like I got what I paid for? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have paid anything and he could have sang me his grocery list and I would have been like, that works. (laughs) I would have loved for it to have been a little bit longer just because that's how much I was enjoying it. When you, you can't have too much of a good thing in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It did feel a little short. I was like, oh, it's over. And then I just have two things to say. Mm -hmm. Justice for grape juice and justice for falling. Oh yeah. Where are those songs? I know, Sir. I know he does play Falling. I, I did see it in the rotation of the set list. 
Maybe he replaced it with medicine. Well, put it back. <laughs> Falling is one of my all-time favorite Harry Styles songs. And also just like the grape juice blues. Yeah. It's a wine love song. Put it back, Harry Styles. <laughs> At that Harold hand- Edward Styles, put it back. <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> he also didn't play boyfriends which i wasn't mad about because mm-hmm. if i'm gonna skip a song on harry's house it's boyfriends just because it's a little slow for my taste I agree. he dropped off boyfriends and he dropped off grape juice and every other song got played and i'm like put grape juice back where she belongs <laughs> my favorite thing about the show is it just it felt like a show like yeah. a real show <laughs> at like a real concert venue like it felt like a show right yes yeah it did Something you'd like go to like a big music venue and like kind of see like a show. (laughs) Harry, we love you so much. We're laughing with you, not at you. But sometimes you need to be better with your words. This Must Be Pop is written, produced, and edited by Anna. Our theme song, Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll, is written and performed by Madam Daly. Add us on Instagram for more content and to be the first to find out which band will be featured in the next episode at This Must Be Pop Pod. That's This Must Be P-O-P-P-O-D on Instagram. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at thismustbepoppodcast at gmail.com. Can we just can we just talk about this? I don't understand why it's not called Harry's Haunted House. Why is it called Harryween? Oh, that's such a good because it was Harryween last year, and I'm sure they're just trying to do the continuation. But it's a missed opportunity that they didn't do Harry's Haunted House. Right? Their marketing team needs some help. Right?